0: Welcome to Living a Full Life Podcast. Join us as we explore health topics that encourage raising healthy children, living a healthy life, and living the best life possible. Now, here's your host. I'm Enrique McCrory, and welcome to another week of Living a Full Life. This week, we're going to be talking about internet use. And our health. Well, screen time has been talked about for a long time, and internet and computers have been around for a long time. People have been working at the computer for eight plus hours a day uh, for over 50 years, believe it or not, from accountants to uh, data entry to research. People sit in front of the computers for a long time, and because of those 40 to 50 years of the workforce doing this, we have a lot of research to stand by and talk about from both physiological health perspectives and mental health perspectives of what screen time has really done to an entire generation. Anxiety and depression have increased quite a bit. And this can be correlated to the use of mainly the internet, not so much computers. Computers have been uh, an effective way of completing work over the last four or five decades. Uh, making it easier to store data, easier to get rid of paper, um, easier to complete multiple tasks, faster. Of course, computers have moved us a long way with technology. However, the screen time itself, especially in the last 15 years, has really altered the anxiety levels of our youth and an entire generation of the millennials being on our screens, especially social media. Uh, Using the internet for social events, like talking to friends, uh, making it the whole way of how we interact with one another is we use the internet and make it feel like we are part of a community when really community is an in-person thing. And I'm trying to stay on topic here with anxiety and what screen time has really done to a lot of people. We have to limit the amount of screen time. But again, I just started this whole podcast off with how work can get done on computer. So we're in a a little bit of a dilemma because these screens have taken over the world. And we need them to get simple tasks done, to book appointments, to book a reservation, to uh, send an email, even to read books. We read books on our Kindles and our our screens. So screens aren't going anywhere. It's just how we manage them and what we do with our time on them. And there's cool apps, and even a lot of the smartphones now keep tracking the screen time, and they also break down which apps you're using most of the time. Usually once a week, you'll get a reminder of that screen usage unless you turn that feature off. And it's quite surprising to see how much time we actually spend on social media. So that's where the anxiety comes from. Social media, the way it's designed, I don't think it was designed at the beginning for this, I think because the way it's designed and how it's progressed And it's always catering the algorithms to what people enjoy on social media and what people are actually going to watch. So it's all about likes and views and time watching videos. That's how social media has all worked out. It's actually created a lot of a psychological backfire on society because now the algorithms are giving people what they want psychologically, which is a big dopamine dump and, uh, a false sense of happiness because we get addicted to the news. We scroll through the news feed. We continue to scroll. You can see the updates from a few dozen to a few hundred people in a short amount of time, scrolling, looking at their posts, looking at their pictures. And psychologically, what we're doing is we're comparing what we're doing to what they're doing. And before screens and before social media, it would require talking to people or hearing people Talk about their lives, and then that would be how we would compare. Going over for dinner, um, you know, Sally just did redo her kitchen. You go back home, you are like, that was really nice. Maybe we should redo our kitchen, right? And that was a one event that, that ended up happening. But now with social media, you can see six people that have redone their kitchen in the last month, and then and then wonder like, wow, I am really, bummed, man, I really have to. And there is a sense of anxiety that you need to keep up with the Sally's in the world. And that is kind of in a nutshell of where anxiety starts. But then you can use just the kitchen analogy into anything that we do in our lives uh, as far as getting into colleges, um, doing well on exams, uh, winning the state championships. Um, and then you watch other kids and your peers that are succeeding in the things that they put their time into and you start comparing yourself them Even though you're not a gymnast, you're not a football player. You don't. Know, you would go win a state championship because you don't care about football or whatever it may be. This is where the anxiety is happening with our children, and we do it too as adults. We keep we keep protecting our children, but us too uh, psychologically and subconsciously, we're comparing. we saying, "Am I keeping up, man? I don't look as good as as Terry. He works out 17 days a week, and uh, I don't." and and we compare that so that is it is where the screen time and the social media is really haltering us back and why the levels of anxiety are going up it's a direct correlation and it can officially be blamed uh with evidence and certainty that our kids are you know being overstimulated Mm -hmm. and we are too so what do we do i mean yeah Zoom and gloom with the screens. They're not going anywhere. Social media is evolving and always will be evolving. Will there be a a Facebook five years from now? Probably. Probably not. But it'll just be transformed into something else. You'll be putting on your goggles and going to the Facebook or metaverse and uh, doing social media differently. Going into uh, a virtual world where you get to do what you should be doing in the real world going over to the store and buying things virtually when you really should just be going to the store and buying things in reality. Uh, it's weird. It's weird. And the AI, the next level of what's going up, too. I mean, these things are making life fast. Remember, technology's been on an exponential growth for the last few years since the Industrial Revolution. Technology has been continually growing at an exponential rate. So in 1910, you had this huge boost in technology and now look at us a hundred years later, uh, we're on the top of this exponential. You know how exponential graphs go? They kind of they start they start to they start to creep up, 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 and then they spike like a cliff way up to to a pinnacle. Wherever that top is, I don't know, but we are in that steep incline of how fast technology is changing right now, not only from from, you know, decade to decade, but like year to year, but month to month. I mean Phones are coming out every, what, six to 12 months. you got a whole new technology in your hand. So that's been that. And then now, week to week, the AI um, technology that's coming out is exponentially growing. Like we are in this exponential kind of scary cliff that we're climbing, and it's very fast. So there's a lot of access to us. What does it mean? Where is it going? I don't know. But we do have to protect our minds when, when we do this. Is it all bad? No. It can be. It can be super successful. I'm using a lot of technology right now as I do this podcast. We got screens, we got cameras, we got microphones, we got apps that we're using, we're downloading. There's things that we're doing to get our messages across and work done, but we just need to protect ourselves. You know, um, my business, I've grown it uh, here locally as a chiropractor through social media. So I do not hate social media. However, 90% of the time I spent on social media and I spend currently, is for business it's I'm creating connections I'm putting out content I'm telling people about our business and the other 10% is a quick scroll to see what the top you know, 14 people on my feet are doing recently and that's it and I, I just I don't enjoy it I, uh, that's where I'm spending most of my time on social media um, and I feel like anxiety being up with the Joneses is really not something um, that makes me anxious which is great, and, and keeping them out of our kids' hands. Our kids do not use social media, but I have young kids, so under the age of 10. So I, I think that's pretty safe to keep that out of their hands right now. They just don't need to wrap their heads about social media apps or technology in that aspect. But should they use a the computer and know how to type and how to use the internet properly? And Absolutely. I think they can start learning that right now. So internet, what's a good and healthy way to use the internet? I mean, it's really limiting your time. So, not scrolling on, on the phone during the day because there's two reasons we don't want to be just picking up our phone and hitting that. Have you noticed on the side really quick? Have you noticed when you, try, you pick up your phone to try and do something, to check your email, check the internet, maybe to to search something? Because a question just came up in your head or you need to book something really quick. you got to get new tires for the car. you got to go to Costco.com. I don't know. Do that. You pick it up and you don't hit the, the Google app. You don't hit the, the Safari app. You hit the social media app, just by habit, you just go boom. You hit the social media, and then, and then two minutes later, you're like, what, what am I doing? You, you've just scrolled for two minutes, and you're like, I was going to do something. What was I doing? And you completely forget. You get out of it, I you're like, I, was, I swear I was going to do something. Yeah, you were going to order tires from the car you've been meaning to for the last four months. And uh, <laughs> have you ever done that, or you're trying to search for you know, a direction to the place you need to the post the new post office or whatever it may be, and, and you're... Five minutes later, you end up in the middle of social media. That is that subconscious wiring that we have created, even on our phones. When we pick up our phone, even though we have a task to do in our head, absentmindedly, we push on the social media button because our brains have been, we are addicted to seeing what's on How many of you have gone on to the social media? Let's use Facebook, for example. You use the Facebook app. You go in there. You get out. You get out. And you push the Facebook app again, and you go back in. Am I the only one that does this? I get so mad too. My wife says, like, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "I'm mad at myself." I hit the Facebook app three times. I wanted to do something else, and uh, that's it. We and you, you think about how much time. So during the day, you know it's nine fifteen in the morning. You plug your phone, you quickly look at it, and two minutes of productivity are gone because you scroll through Facebook instead of continuing on working, making those calls or finishing. Spreadsheet. Then you know, ten thirty, you do again. 15 you do again. Then it's lunchtime. You spend minutes on their lunchtime, and then these things all add up. By the time of the day is three, four, or five o'clock, you've spent an hour and a half of screen time. And then finally, at the end of the day, you sit down to watch some TV, but you're really not watching TV. You're doing two hours of screen time. And then the next day, when when your app gives you the summary of your screen time for the week, you're like, how? How am I spending 14 hours a week on social media? This makes no sense. Yep, you did. You open the app for 14 hours every week. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? That's the average, folks. Thirteen point, I think, six hours or something like that. Uh, the average person spends per week on social media. Uh, so children under college and under can spend up to. 10 hours a day. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that statistic. How are they spending 10 hours a day when you're only awake for 14 hours a day? I'm still trying to wrap my math around that one, but the statistic says up to 10 hours a day on social media. We are not a productive society if people are spending 10 hours a day on social media. So I don't know if content creators as well all in there. I'm not sure. That seems ridiculous. So when we're using screens, another thing is the health repercussions of this. So we talked about the mind, and, and the triggers here are anxiety, and an anxiety leads to depression as well. So we have that side effect of utilizing screen time for too long, and social media, and all that, and just being on our screens and not having interactions, meaningful connections during the day, looking at people, seeing their reactions. Sometimes you know, touching them. On a, I'm a chiropractor. I touch too much. So when I'm talking to someone and we're side by side or a 45 degree angle, at the end of the conversation, it's a pat on the shoulder, a pat on the back. I always finish it with a touch. I think that's because of my training. That's what I do. Um, and I talk with my hands. So if you're not looking at me when I'm talking, you're missing half of my communication because my hands do some pretty cool stuff. I mean, I do the fling, I do the right-hand fling, you see my palm, then you see the back of my hand, i got fingers going in different directions. Um, it's, called, it's, a, it's a gene, it's called the Italian gene, so it's, it's, go look it up. You use your hand, and they fly around. I do that, and if you're not, and I noticed this, and it's a subconscious thing for me, I don't know, I feel like you're a douchebag if you weren't looking at me and I was talking afterwards. After the conversations, that I'm like, yeah, I don't like that person. I'm like, why, why? They were perfectly fine. They were such a nice person. Why do I, why do I not like them? Because it was over a phone call, or it was over uh, they just couldn't see me. Um, so that the communication part is what we're missing. The sense of connection is what we're missing. So we have kids, you know, and some of them are into music, some of them are into technology, some of them are into gaming. They like to come home they don't like to go to events, they're introverts, and those things are all okay. They really are because they define a personality of a person. However, the lack of community, the lack of interaction um, has a toll, has a toll on the brain, there's there's a DNA, there's a genetic, there's a, uh, you know, a fibrous connection in humanity that needs that connection with other people, we just do. So when we shut those things out and we lock ourselves in, we feel that kind of dread and that that anxiety build up, and that's just a natural progression of that. So <clears throat> limiting or, or having scheduled times to use playtime. I remember when playing Nintendo and Super Nintendo, my mom was very you know strict about that. It's like if you come home, you don't have so much time to play on that. You know, on school nights, you're not doing it after dinner. You need to finish your your homework. If you do, you play and then. When it's bath time, it's bath time. You're done. There's no more like there's limits to what you can play and when you can play that. I of course never had a phone in my pocket that I had access to at that time. But even now, with our kids setting those limits, uh, having you know off stations in the house where people put their devices, maybe a charging station where, where people in the kitchen, wherever maybe where it is time to put the phone away and have it. You call it charging time, but it's just it's away time from you. So you're at number two is glasses. Our eyesight, we have to have our eyes checked annually because what can happen over time is as we start to strain, we develop things like neck pain and headaches as well. So using our devices properly. Ergonomics is then tied into this as well. So having good ergonomics. The biggest thing I hear parents say recently in the last two years is you should see my kid's position when they're on their phone. They're in the fetal position upside down on the couch. They are scrunched over. They are slouched in a chair with their head, with their chin touching their chest. That's how far down their their heads are looking when they're on their phones. Like, I don't know what to do. I keep telling them to sit up straight. Ergonomics play a big role as well. So, if the kid is there with with their parents, I will show the child what to do. I say, you know what, slouching in a chair a little bit is okay as long as you bring those hands up and your hand and you're looking straight at them. There's two reasons why I like this. You can only hold your hands up for so long before the circulation starts to make your fingers tingly, which is a good indication that maybe you should take a break. Um, So that's a good one. Number two is that just keep your head up. That's the thing. We don't want to have our chin down too far for too long because the gravity of our head pulling our spine forward can create a lot of stress on the cervical spine. And over time, it degenerates those joints fast. But in the meantime, even before we get to degeneration, it causes a lot of strain in the neck as well, which leads to these headaches and leads to the neck pain. Um but sometimes when we work on that we it doesn't get better and it's usually eye strain. So getting your eyes checked as well annually, especially for kids starting about school age and getting it checked annually um, is is a good idea. It's a great idea to do that. So that's screen time and, and the things we can do for that. It's the things we know. I'm just here to reiterate you know ergonomics sitting up straight, limiting the amount of time, and now that you know the data and the numbers, if you're sitting in those positions for up to 13 hours a week and these whole, like your head down, looking at your phone, uh, what is this truly doing to physical to our to our health physically, as long as our spine and our joints, it's leading to physical pain. It's leading to tension, headache, strain, uh, but also mentally, what is it doing to us? It's leading us to anxiety. Depression because we're into this virtual world, and remember, the only things that are posted are good things. How many of you have ever complained about posts to your spouse or, or whatever? You see a post, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, uh Millie Vanilli here! All she all she complains about is like her life or her relationship." She, you know, that person just posts negative stuff, and it's the only one on your feed that's you know negative. They, you know, life sucks. That's all they post about. And you get upset. You're like, why are they, why are they doing that? Why do they do that? Why? Because you're so trained on social media for dopamine that when you get something negative, it doesn't trigger that happy response for you, and it triggers a negative response for you, and you get angry because this thing popped up in your social media feed because you are there consciously to get your dopamine up, to get your, your happy hormones going. And that only lasts a few minutes. So you get that rush once you get into social media, and within a couple minutes, that is it. Your body stops your brain stops producing the stuff. And now you're just aimlessly scrolling like a zombie. So knowing you know physiology and knowing psychology and how this stuff works, you kind of you sit back, and you're like, man, this this is not healthy at all. And we're we're in a tough society for that. But it's not all doom and gloom. You just need to be aware. Ignorance is bliss. They always say this, right? Ignorance, if you just don't know, you just don't know. And you're just gonna keep doing the same thing. Uh, but now you know you listen to the podcast, you're gonna limit your you're gonna limit your social media, you're gonna protect your kids. Um, rip the band-aid off quick with this stuff. People are so used to their you're gonna get some pushback, especially from your children. Uh, just make it a rule starting today. It's charge time. You put everyone's gonna put their phones away. You but you do too. You put Phone away, it's you know, maybe an hour before dinner time, it's over. Put it away. You don't bring your phones to your room. That's another thing. You definitely do not want to be looking at a screen uh, for one hour before bedtime. You want to limit that, that light to your eyes uh, for up to one hour. Again, even TV. You don't want to be sitting in front of a TV and be like, oh, I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. That's where we lose quality sleep at night and we get less REM sleep because of the light that we've been staring at. Early. Your brain doesn't look at this stuff the way you do. New process technology in the world, and everything you see. Your, your brain is animalistic. Uh, it's, it's uh, you know, paleolithic. So when it looks at this, it all it sees is a box with light shining at it. Your eyes then perceive images in the movie or the show that you're watching, and then the communication parts of that. But all your all primal instincts are always in this box with light at 11 o'clock at night. It's confusing. We have to remember that we are programmed and trained for thousands of years where we are today and you can't change those programs. Those are those are in the hard drive. You can't change them. can keep doing updates, which we do genetically. We keep doing updates, but those programs are there. So that's how we're built and understanding that is really important. So the three things you need to do. Charge time with your phones. Just limit the amount of screen time that you have. No light one hour before bed. Good ergonomics. When you're utilizing technology, this goes for your desktop, your laptop, your your tablet, and your iPhone or your whatever phone you have in good ergonomic position. So you sitting properly, your device up, up, holding it up towards your eyes. If you work with a laptop, you're stacking it up on a few books and you're getting a wireless keyboard. If you use your desktop, you got to bring your desktop up. A few more inches when you look straight ahead, your eyes should be in the center of the screen. Most people, when they look ahead, they have their eyes at the top of the screen. Still, move it up, bring that chin up. So, when you're looking at your screens, your chin is up. I take care of a couple um, NFL players at our office, and I did this with one of them. Any and I was talking about positioning, and now he's, he says, his, his wife tells us he's ritual about this. He, when he sits, he slouches just a little bit, brings his arms straight up, he holds his head forward. Like it was, it was one talk with this guy for one minute and his wife's like, that's all, that's all he does. He looks like a clown now, but he does it because he took it to heart. I mean, as soon as I told him the, the weight of your head and the way he was complaining of his injuries, he was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. <clears throat> and he took it. But his body and his ability to perform is his entire life right now. So he takes it to heart. For the rest of us, we treat our bodies not like a professional athlete. And that's unfortunate. We should. We should treat our bodies as it's going to take us for our entire life. And we want it to be as healthy as possible. So these are tips to do that. So live healthy. Limit that screen time. Remember, your life is amazing, just like everyone else's. If you were to portray it on social media, they would look at you and be like, wow, I want to be just like you. So just remember that and don't take things personally because all we post on social media are the good things and we just don't know all the other trials and tribulations everyone's going through all the time. Live healthy. Have a great week. Catch you next time. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Living a Full Life Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.